0: Our radio show today from the studios of AM 1130 KWK, a town square media radio station here in Shreveport, Louisiana. However, today's radio show has been pre-recorded for broadcast, so we will be unable to accept call-in questions and comments from our loyal radio listeners. Be sure to pick up your June issue of The Best of Times, which features Don't Be a Victim, When to Call for Help. Uh, I know you're going to find this issue quite Fascinating, interesting, and informative, we do thank the many compliments about our current issue and past issues of The Best of Times. If you are unable to find a copy of our current issue or past issue of The Best of Times, visit our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com. The Remember in Shreveport and Bossier Wind the Exhibit continues at the Louisiana State Exhibit Museum now until July the 28th. This year's exhibit includes items of past history of Bossier City and Shreveport. Each and every Saturday includes special events, entertainment and talent. So be sure to uh, participate on these Saturdays at Remember in Shreveport and Bossier Wind the Exhibit. Today, June the 23rd, we honor our Shreveport and Bossier military There will be a um, presentation on Barksdale Field in the beginning given by William A.L. Calloway, the historian for the 8th Air Force. We want to thank those who attended our AARP Driver Safety Courses in May at A. Bears Town & Country. You are invited to attend one of our upcoming AARP Driver Safety Courses that will take place on Tuesday, July the 17th or Saturday, July the 21st at A. Bears Town & Country in Shreveport. Uh, Those who complete this particular four-hour course that will go from 8.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. will learn about improving their defensive driving techniques and skills and also attendance qualifies the persons for a three-year discount on their auto insurance from almost all insurers. AERP membership is not required. The fees for these particular driver courses are $12 for AERP members and $14 for all others. Please call for reservations as space is limited. 318-221-9000. That's 318-221-9000. Visit the Shreveport Farmers Market and Festival Plaza in downtown Shreveport every Saturday at 7 a.m. and Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Fresh produce, vegetables, and many other items. Remember to log on to our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com for listening of announcements made during today's radio show as well as information about upcoming events, activities, and news that you can use. We'll be right back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to The Best of Times Radio Hour here on AM 1130 KWKH, proudly presented by A-Bears Town & Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer.
1: Gary's got more of the best of times for you coming on the Home of the Legends, AM 1130, KWKH.
0: Welcome back to our show, the best of times of Radio Hour, proudly presented by A-Bears Town & Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Kaligas. I do thank you Thank you for listening to our show today. Also, thanking those listening via the internet at www.kwkhonline.com. Joining me on my show today as a special guest is internationally known author, lecturer, and preserver of history, the infamous Steve Berry. Thank you, Steve, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour great to be here. Well, again, thank you for taking time from your busy schedule to appear on our radio show. I hope that you and your wife, Elizabeth, are doing well. I know lots of travels, right? Book signings and presentations?
1: Yeah, we've been about four weeks on the road now, and uh, it's just about over, though.
0: And and then and in the interim, you still work on writing the next novels, right? And we'll talk about that in a few minutes.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. I have to do that as, as I'm working, as yeah. I'm traveling.
0: Well, I, as you know and my listeners know, um, we have been following you for for many many years, uh, this is the third time you've been on our radio show, and you have a pretty big following in Northwest Louisiana. Not if you know that, and uh, and there's been a large increase in readers and people that know about you and picking up your books, books at area novels at area bookstores, downloading them. I've heard hundreds of people tell me they've downloaded it uh, for their Kindles or iPads, etc. And and I know that several go go to your website. By the way, it's steveberry.org. Steve Berry, B-E-R-R-Y dot O-R-G And Steve, I don't know if you know, your, your books are featured on our website on the com and many, many people have ordered uh, books on our website which goes indirectly to Amazon, um, to order, uh, order your book. So, again, you have a big following in our area. I had one lady that told me last week that she could not find, we're going to talk about it today, about the Columbus Affair. She went everywhere in the area. Uh, she's a senior citizen. She said she doesn't like ordering them, uh, but she wanted to pick up the hard copy, but she couldn't find one. And uh, she said, do you think they're going to get some? And I said, ma'am, you need to ask them, and they will probably bring some to the, the local bookstore if they're out. And that's what I would suggest you do. And I think she went back and did that. But again, it's been, it's a, it's a great book, and we'll talk about it. To, we'll talk about it in a couple of minutes. Tell our listeners if they're new listeners here on the Best of Times Radio Hour, a little bit about, about, about your past. I know that you were born in Georgia, right?
1: Yeah, I was born and raised in Georgia, and uh, I lived there all my life. We now live in Florida. We live in St. Augustine, Florida. But before that, we lived in St. Mary's, Georgia, and that's where I practiced law. I practiced law there for 30 years. I was a lawyer. I was a county commissioner, and uh, I served in uh, public office there for 14 years and practiced law. And while I was there, I started writing in 1990. I was 35 years old. And um, I did write. It took me 12 years, though, from the day I wrote my first word to the day I sold my first word. Eight manuscripts were written during that time. Five went to New York publishing houses, rejected 85 times. I made it on the 86th time.
0: So wow, that's personal Now we're on
1: book 11. Now we're in book 11.
0: Well, you know, it takes uh, it takes time. Maybe they didn't. Those particular editors didn't see a lot. A lot. What you have, I found your, all your books fascinating, and and uh, you're you're a great storyteller. Th- you're you're a thrillers, and we'll we'll talk about you blend in history as well as um, thrilling suspense. Uh, so you know, I, when I told somebody that, says nobody nobody will continually send a manuscript uh, over eighty five times. And I said, there is a person that I know of, an author that did do that. So well, it, was
1: actually, it was actually five different manuscripts. Mm-hmm. They were sent in 18 times, though, each.
0: Wow. And that
1: that may even be worse because oh. I had to write five manuscripts.
0: Well, again, I, I know it took a lot of uh, going back and forth, but uh, you you are a, a very uh, New York Times bestseller author. Um, you've had over how many, 11 books now translated in 40?
1: Yeah, we're in 40 languages, 50, around, well, we just got a new thing in now. We're probably now around 110, 115 countries now. Wow. Our countries that have gone up quite a bit. Uh, and we're probably about 110 countries now and about uh, 40, 40, 45 different languages.
0: Now, we're going to talk about some of the other books, but we're, first of all, we're going to talk about The Columbus Affair, but before we, we go into that, I just want to make another kudo to you. I have read, and I'm, my listeners know this, and my readers of the best of times know this, I've read each and every one of your books, and I uh, have been fascinated by it. I've learned, I, I, love, I love your storytelling, but I also love your history telling, and I'm very impressed now. It's making me more astute of history, a little-known history that, that a lot of people may not know of, and I was not aware of many. The facts that you that you brought that you bring about in your books, and you tell us at the end of the book about to what's fact and what's fiction, which is always very 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 fascinating to me. Yes,
1: so, the author's note in the back I put there for that very reason.
0: And what what, what did we tell them the last two radio shows? Which I told this this lady that has never read you before, and she she saw uh, you being promoted in my magazine, the best of time, and she said, "Well, I went to pick up that that new book that 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 author you recommended, Mister Colegas." And I said, "Well, I it. Appreciate that, ma'am. And she said, "Well, it's about to, it's about Christopher Columbus." I said, "Yes, ma'am." And uh, she said, uh, oh well, I can't wait to read that to learn all about Christopher Columbus." And I said, "You're going to learn the rest of the story, and you might learn some other new things." But I told her, uh, "Definitely do not read the editor's. Do you call it a writer notes? Writer's notes? Uh, at the writers end, writers don't, don't read that." She said, "What's that?" And I said, "You'll find out, but don't read it till the end after you've finished the novel." And uh, she was.
1: You would have learned an awful lot about. Christopher for Columbus, things that you would have never... This book, as I said, deals with an awful lot of very interesting things about Columbus that will shock a lot of people.
0: And where did you get the premise? Where did you get the idea about this? Have you thought about this? Was
1: Yeah, somebody... I, found a, I found a nonfiction book in a used bookstore about five years ago. It was called uh, Sales of Hope by Simon Wiesenthal. And Wiesenthal postulated a very interesting theory about Christopher Columbus, one that really no one had ever really thrown out there before and that's that Columbus was a Jew and the fact that he was Jewish has some great bearing on a number of things and in fact it could very well change the modern world in a significant way and that's where the thriller that's where the thriller aspect of this comes to play is that you know that you know Columbus uh, you know, came to America. He discovered America. He came to the New World for a specific purpose, and it's not the purpose you may think it was for. He had another motive in mind, and, and that's not beyond the realm of probability. I'm, I'm not making that up. There may actually have been another reason entirely why he crossed the Atlantic.
0: But we really, we really don't know the true rest of the story, as you mentioned in the book? You,
1: we'll never know the true story. Here's the thing. See, we don't know where Columbus was born. We don't know where he was raised we don't know who his parents are we don't know how he became an expert seaman we don't know how he got to america because uh the chart is gone that he used we don't know what happened when he got here because the journal of columbus is a copy of a copy we don't know anything about this guy whatsoever and he did that himself on purpose during his lifetime and this is all postulated in the book of, of why he would have done this. He had a reason for doing it. Sure. And another thing that's very interesting, Columbus sailed on the night of August 2, 1492. At midnight on August third, all Jews had to be expelled from Spain. Columbus is gone August 2nd. Eighty-seven men aboard his three ships, not a priest among them, but he did bring along to the New World a Hebrew translator. And there's a reason why he did that. There's a reason he brought a Hebrew translator with him. These are very fascinating questions. It's a 500-year-old mystery dealing with Christopher Columbus that could well be true that still has great relevance today.
0: And, and and you mentioned, I think you mentioned in the book as well as in some of your information, he was known by many names, that I, I didn't know that. You know, everybody knows him as Christopher Columbus. but well, We know human. him
1: in English, though, yeah. Uh-huh. He was known by many, many names. And here's another thing. We don't even know if that's his name.
0: Ah. We have no
1: clue that was his name. He never really ever signed his name Christopher Columbus.
0: On any documents or any... any no, he either.
1: signed in a very odd signature. It's a triangular signature with symbols in it. It's reproduced in the book. Uh, yeah, that's right. He, he was very odd fellow. He didn't you know to do. So we're not even sure that was his name.
0: Wow! Again, I, I encourage all our readers out there. The book just went on sale just recently. It's hard to find. You can, but you can go online uh, at steveberry.org to order it. You can uh, visit various other uh, avenues at amazon.com, etc. It's called the Columbus Affair. Uh, exciting new adventure. And, and mention to our uh, listeners: this is what you call in your series a standalone, correct?
1: Yes, uh, Cotton Malone, my recurring character, who I've done seven books with, took the year off. He took a, I gave him a vacation this year, <laughs> so he took off the year. And this is a standalone, same kind of story: action, history, secrets, conspiracy, international settings, but a new set of characters. It's a tiny little bit of crossover in the Cotton's world, uh, just a little bit there. But yeah, it, was a, it was a way to, to visit some new folks and some new some new characters. Cotton will be back. He comes back next year. He's only gone a year.
0: So, so again, how is this book different from other books you've written in the past? What's the, What's the difference? Only,
1: only, not really in any other than it's a standalone. Okay. You know, my first three, uh, the Amber Room, Romanoff Prophecy and Third Secret, were standalones. But it doesn't differ. It's still an international suspense thriller. It still has action, history, secrets, conspiracies, all those kinds of things. So you know, just a just a new set of characters.
0: And did did this book require a lot more investigating research than your other books?
1: No, about the same. Uh, I had to I had to learn all about Columbus. I had to learn all the do's and don'ts, the ins and outs. I had to go through all of that, and uh, so it's, it's about the same amount of research.
0: Is is there known to be relatives or descendants of uh, Christopher Columbus or whatever he was known as or back to then? to
1: determined really because his, he had two sons mm-hmm. who had some children. But to trace your ancestry all the way back to Columbus would be very difficult. I mean, I'm not saying there aren't some there. I, don't, I, I didn't come across any, and I don't know of any. Uh, his, his, his lineage and his family may very well have died out in the latter part of the 16th century.
0: And, and and the aspect about him being jewish and the the, the dealing in jamaica I've, I've been to jamaica three or four times and noticed a few of those things that that you brought up in your book i never thought oh, yeah. about it
1: but well, the uh, oldest jewish congregation in the western hemisphere is in jamaica uh it was put there uh in the early part of the 16th century and has been there ever since that's been there um it's uh the Columbus family controlled Jamaica from 1504, or really from 1512 to 1650. They were in total control of that island.
0: And what do you mean by total control?
1: It was granted to them by Ferdinand. He actually gave them the island. So they they had total control of the island for almost 150 years, and they kept the Inquisition off Jamaica. And they did that for a very specific reason why they did that, all of which is explored in the novel.
0: Right. So, again, that was given to him and his family. I couldn't remember for what reason. Was there a rationale behind why Ferdinand did that?
1: Yes, uh, what happened was is Ferdinand made a deal with Columbus. It's called the Capitulations of Santa Fe. It was a contract, and it said, look, I'll go find the New World, and I'll get A, B, and C, and then Ferdinand, you'll get D, D, E, and F, and they made a deal. The problem is Ferdinand broke the deal. Ah. When Ferdinand broke the deal, one of Columbus's daughter-in-laws, after Columbus was dead, sued the king. And because the lawsuit was so embarrassing to Ferdinand, he made a deal. He said, what can I give you to go away? And of all the things she was entitled to, the woman wanted the island of Jamaica, and that's what he gave them. And so the Columbus family controlled Jamaica for 150 years. Quite remarkable, actually. Uh, And as I said, there's a specific reason why she wanted that and why they controlled it, all of which is explored in the novel. And again, I'm not making that up. That's all historical.
0: Yeah and and again I want to g- g- tell our le- readers uh, as we talked about earlier um uh, Steve has a a, a knack of ha- writing thrillers that teach people a little little known history, unknown history, a little known history, and this is one of them that I you know one of the many books that he's written that was fascinating. By the way, Steve, it took me a, a whole long evening and early morning, early in the morning, to to read this uh, this novel, The Columbus Affair, and I was it was fascinating, and right. I I I could not put it down. My wife said it's time to go to bed, Gary, but I. I wanted to complete the whole book and your notes, and I read it in one sitting. I mean, it's it's a lengthy novel, and uh, I was trying to grasp it and going it slow, but, you know, 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, it ended uh, beginning early afternoon that I finished it. And, uh, again, it's a remarkable read, and I highly, highly compliment you on the writing of this particular novel appreciate it. Glad you like it. It's a, it's a good story. I hope the folks out there will enjoy it. We'll be right back with more information, but now word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on AM 1130 KWKH, proudly presented by Abares Town & Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram
1: and Jeep dealer. There's more of the best of times to come on the home of the legends, AM 1130 KWKH.
0: The best of times. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by A-Bears Town & Country Epps Report, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Kaligas. I do thank you for listening to our show today and also thanking those who are listening via the Internet at www.kwkhonline.com. Joining me on my show today as a special guest, is internationally known author, lecturer, and preserver of history, Mr. Steve Barry. Thank you, Steve, again for joining us today here on the Best of Times. Times Radio Hour. Have you Louisiana. been to our neck of the woods in Northwest Louisiana? Have you been there? Never area? been.
1: Well, we never need to been get to Northwest Louisiana. I've been to Southern Louisiana, but not Northwest.
0: You've probably been to New Orleans and Lafayette and those particular areas that have lots of stories down there. And Baton Rouge. And Baton Rouge, and uh, well, we have a lot of great history and historical stories that uh, you and others are getting me and others involved in this history and, and learning the rest of the story and little-known history that uh, is. is being brought out by novels and, and movies and in um, and, and the, and the written form. So again, I compliment you on bringing that to our attention. We're talking today about his, his new um, New York Times bestselling um, book, The Columbus Affair, that went on sale just recently, uh, an exciting new adventure, one of the challenges, everything we thought we knew about, the discovery of America. So, so give us a little summary and teaser about this about this book. I know our listeners are all uh, saying, well, Gary liked it. I hope, I hope that'll help and make them go out and get the book and order the book online and the electronic versions, which probably millions of those are are downloaded each and every day, right, right, Steve?
1: Not, not quite that many, but a lot. <laughs> a lot. See, it's be nice, but not
0: quite yet. Well, I still, I, even though I'm a, a reader via the iPad, Kindle version, I hate to get everybody broadcasting here, but I still like the hard copy uh, book. I don't even like paperbacks anymore. I like the hard, hard, I'd rather spend a few more dollars and get the hard copy. Yeah.
1: We, we like folks who like hardcover books. That's a good thing. Uh, oh, I mean,
0: oh, oh. And I am fortunate, Steve, I don't know if you remember this story. When i That's how I found you, is I found an autographed book. In uh, a, a book bazaar at Centenary College here in Shreveport, and was the Romanoff Prophecy. And that's what got me on to you and reading all your books. And I started with that one. I was totally fascinated. And it was said, Hope you, en- you actually autographed it, hope you enjoy this read. And. Uh, and you had signed it, so I, I, that turned, that got me going. I said, "Hmm, I need to read this, but I never heard of you before." And since that time, several years ago, I've read every one of your books.
1: That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. This one, as I said, this one is is, is kind of hearkening back to the early days of my st- the three standalones. It's a little more character driven. It deals with a man named Tom Sagan, who is a disgraced newspaper reporter, who is kind of at the end of his rope. He's been set up and destroyed. The only thing is, is he's the only one who knows that, and he he can't prove it, so he's kind of at the end of his rope, and he's just about to end his life when a man shows up, and this man has his daughter held hostage, and he needs Tom to do something. It's just a little tiny problem. Tom and his daughter hate each other. They've hated each other for years. They don't get along. They're very estranged, and Tom has a dilemma right off the bat. What do I do? Do I finish what I start, or do I go help? my daughter a person who really can't stand the sight of me. And of course, without giving thing away, obviously he goes and helps his daughter, otherwise the book would have ended quite early. And he heads off on this adventure and he gets caught up in this 500-year-old mystery of Christopher Columbus, this, uh, this, uh, this whole thing about Columbus's Jewish ancestry and why that still matters today. Well, it would. It matters a great deal today and it would have great relevance. And there's a little twist in there that I've added because I am writing a novel, so I want to entertain so certainly, I did. You did
0: entertain. You did entertain.
1: Yeah, and there's uh, certainly a twist in there.
0: And the, 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 uh, the other aspect, and you know, when I was telling somebody about uh, about the novel, you have various venues, not just uh, Jamaica. You have Florida, Vienna, Prague, et cetera, right?
1: Yeah, I, those locations were picked. Not had haphazardly, but they also they all have a connection, particularly Prague and Jamaica, which connect in with Columbus and with this story. And they were all you know chosen with care. So the reader's going to going to kind of hop across the globe a little bit and end up in the Blue Mountains of Jamaica, which is quite an amazing place.
0: I actually have been in those particular mountains, and uh, they're also known for their coffee. Right.
1: Yes, the, some it's of the most expensive coffee, coffee in the world. In
0: the world, and it's remarkable coffee. I, uh, Tina and I had our honeymoon there 38 years ago, when you could just go all over Jamaica. Everybody was very friendly, and uh, uh, it was a remarkable place. We stayed there like 10 days.
1: It's a and, beautiful, beautiful place. I was up in those mountains myself.
0: And uh, you know, right now it's not as it's probably more precarious than it was many years ago. <laughs> uh, but no terror areas of it. You've uh, got to be yeah, careful. That that is true. Well, it's any. Anywhere, anywhere in the world. So uh, when, you, when you decided to write this book, I just got to ask always the rest of the story here. Do, do you have an outline involved? Do you, do you determine when you write these books? You have the premise. You have the, the Columbus Affair, and you know basically your, your, your plot, your theme. But do you outline? How, how do you go about designing a book?
1: Well, I have a general plan of where I want to go, yes. I don't outline in specific detail simply because I don't have the time, but I do outline in detail about 100 pages ahead of myself.
0: Wow. I stay
1: 100 pages ahead of myself outlining but I have a general blueprint of where I want to go. Now does it change along the way? Yes, many times. Many, many times it'll change. But I have a pretty good idea of where I'm headed and where I want to where I want to do. You have to, otherwise you'd waste a lot of time writing the book and I only have twelve months to produce it, which sounds like a lot, but I need every day of those twelve months to make it happen.
0: Twelve months, whoa, that that's, that that to me, it seems like a long time, but the detail and, and that goes into that and avoiding the conflicts and making sure now we're, we're adding historical facts and some fiction and blending all of that into uh, to a suspense thriller does take some time, correct?
1: It does, and, and that's, the, that's the aspect. And I'm not working every day of those 12 months because I'm, I'm on the road probably three of those, so I probably only have an actually nine months of real time to actually sit down and write it.
0: So in, in your essence if you're working off and on on a particular novel like this that's so detailed going back to it sometimes you have to refresh yourself <laughs> uh, to do it all time. Uh, yeah, yeah to make sure there's no conflicts involved with a particular character or a particular factor fiction so yeah I, yeah, I, that... I go
1: through the no- I go through my novels about 70 times from start to finish
0: Wow well you definitely yeah. know the, the 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 story quite well I that? know
1: it by heart I know it so much by heart that I never want to read it again as long as I live <laughs>
0: Oh, don't tell us okay. that. Don't tell it. You probably visualize that. You probably have dreams about it, and you talk about yeah, but, it. In, you talk about it in your sleep. Elizabeth wakes you up, right?
1: Yeah. If you If you mm-hmm. read a book, read the same book seventy times, you'll know what I'm talking about. No. It uh, It gets to you. You know, I I want other people to read it. and I want other people to enjoy it. I have enjoyed it t- tremendously. <laughs>
0: We'll be right back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on AM 1130, KWKH. Proudly presented by Bear's Town & Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer.
1: Gary's got more of the Best of Times for you coming on the Home of the Legends, AM 1130, KWKH. KWKH. Times is now the
0: swept of summer murder back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by Bear's Town and Country of Report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Kaligas. I thank you for listening to our show today and also thanking those listening via the Internet at www.kwkhonline.com. Joining me on my show today is internationally known author, lecturer, history, preserver of history, Mr. Steve Barry. Thank you, Steve, again for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Good to be here. So we've been talking about his new book, and we want to encourage all of our listeners out there and readers of The Best of Times to go pick it up. It's called The Columbus Affair. Uh, We covered that. And the previous two segments, but I, I think I want to give you the opportunity, Steve, to to give our readers a little bit of snippets of your other novels, which I I have had the privilege of reading each and every one of them. Hope many of our readers and listeners, of the best of times, have has have also. But they all do involve history or little-known history, and blend in suspense and thrillers in there. So let's talk about let's talk about the the, uh, the Amber Room.
1: Amber Room was my first novel. It deals with the, uh, a room of amber that was constructed back in the uh, 18th century and was uh, given to the, the czars of Russia. The Nazis stole it in 1941. It disappeared and no one's ever seen it since. So I did a, a thriller about uh, finding the Amber Room. That's sort of my firstborn, so it's always a kind of special. It's my first book that was published nine years ago, and that was followed by The Romanov Prophecy and The Third Secret, which were both standalones. Uh, one dealt with Russia. One dealt with the Catholic Church. Then I created Cotton. Malone, my retired Justice Department agent who lives in <laughs> Copenhagen and owns an old bookshop. I created him in the Templar Legacy. And he's now had seven adventures since then. Uh, well, Cotton's been all over the world. He's been to China. He's been to Asia. He's been all over Europe. He even came home to America last year for a, a really neat adventure dealing with a clause in the United States Constitution. It's called the Jefferson Key. So Cotton's been around. And he, like I said, he took this year off. And I wrote the Columbus Affair. But Cotton, be back next year. He's coming back with a a very interesting story that is going to take place in England that deals with Gary, his son and it's called the Tudor Deception and it'll be next year.
0: And Tudors being?
1: Being the the ruling family of England back in the 16th century up until the early part of the 17th century, there were five Tudor rulers. The most famous, of course, would be Henry VIII, uh, and then Elizabeth I, and um, you know Henry VII, and Edward VI, and uh, Mary I. Uh, and there was, there's like I said, there was, uh, five uh, Tudor rulers. Um, the Tudors are, are fascinating. I stumbled upon a secret that involves the tutors i found it in a village north of london when we were over there a couple of years ago a great legend over there that may very well be true and we explore all of that in the novel wow yeah.
0: So these people come up to you and say, I have a secret to tell you, Steve?
1: Well, they were, we were being taken around the town. I was doing some work for my British publisher, and the lady there was telling us about the local area and the history and some of the legends. Uh-huh. I always like to hear that stuff.
0: Oh, I and love she, Oh, wow. And she was
1: telling me about that. and. The one she was telling me fascinated me, and I started to inquire more. And as I learned more, I realized there was a novel there.
0: So there, there, there comes the premise. There comes the seed that planted, and then it blossoms out. And the yes. the it, in this book is called the Tudor Deception. Tudor
1: Deception. It'll be out uh, next May, May of two and thousand thirteen. It'll be Cot Malone's eighth adventure.
0: And we can't wait to see that one. Hopefully, we'll be discussing that as well. Uh, her. Give her, give our give our 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 listeners a a, a quick. I mean, every one of the the every one of your books has something—a blended of a secret, a rumor, something historical—and I mean, every one of these books with Cotton Malone, even though they're suspense novels, there's are thrillers, there's so much action, and, and and some of them though, you you come up with some fictional items that wow, they actually happened eventually. I mean, I I, I recall one of them, um, but. Tell our listeners that regarding the Templar legacy, you, you you discuss in there some of the histories of the the, the Knights Templar, correct?
1: Yeah, and, and not the Hollywood version of <laughs> the I, I gave you what they were really like. They were a very interesting group, and they had some very interesting ways about them. And not the myth or legend or the silly stuff. I mean, the real right. stuff. The real stuff was even more interesting to me. All of my books have that. They have something from the past lost and forgotten. You know, either the lost library of Alexandria. Andrea, that's what I was going
0: to mention. Somebody yeah, asked me, well, what the, was the Alexandria Link about?
1: Alexandria Link? That was that, that one. Then the tomb of Alexander the Great was in the Venetian betrayal, and Charlemagne dealt with something very interesting. The Charlemagne pursuit does something very interesting from Charlemagne's time, and then the Paris, Vendetta, uh, the Paris Vendetta dealt with Napoleon, something very interesting there. The Emperor's Tomb dealt with the first Emperor's Tomb of China, which is sealed and has remained sealed for 2,000 years. No one is allowed inside it. And, and then the Jefferson Key dealt with that clause in the Constitution that's real, an actual clause in there that would shock most Americans uh, to say that it's in our Constitution. So I, I find stuff like that, that they you may not know anything about or little about, but you want to know more, and hopefully you know we can fashion a modern-day thriller around
0: them. And and I have told people that uh, are, are new to you, and they they asked me to read which books to read next. I said all of them, but I tried to give them a little snippet. The, the, the recent one, the other recent one, the Jefferson Key, I've told some of my lawyer friends about that, and several have read it, and then they went back to the Constitution to check that out, and sure enough, it is still there. It's
1: right there in Article mm-hmm. 1, Section 8.
0: 8 and it has not changed. I mean, it's uh, it's still there. It's a it, very all the fascinating
1: things. article, you know. And um, like I said, most Americans would go, wow, that's, that's really in our Constitution. Yep, yeah, and it's then, really there.
0: And then the other aspects of the oil and gas industry, people that are, of course, uh, throughout northwest Louisiana and east Texas that were located, uh, when I tell them about reading The Emperor's Tomb, several of them have read it, and they were fascinating how China was well in advance of uh, drilling for petroleum products 2,000 years ago, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah they dealt. China was the only place on the planet 2,500 years ago that actually drilled and used oil from the ground. And that's a fascinating piece of information that becomes very relevant in the Emperor's Tomb. Because the Emperor's Tomb is a book about oil that really has nothing to do with the Middle East. Nothing whatsoever to do with the Middle East at all. But it deals with oil in a very unique way, a very unique theory that the Russians believe is true and we explore that theory in the in the book.
0: And it is a great read. I mean, a lot of your books. It's it's hard to put them down because you want to keep reading, uh, Steve. That's one thing I have a problem with. Every time I pick up your book, it's hard to put it down. And I'm, I'm sure other. I've seen other people on your your blogs and uh, and other comments say the same thing. They're they're such great reads that you just you you want to you don't want to put them down. But, Thank you. That's, the, that's
1: the whole idea. And, sometimes uh, it works and sometimes it doesn't. I, I hope it works more often.
0: Though. Oh, it more. You you're gonna get those ninety nine percent of the people that are gonna love you, and those one percent gonna say that yeah, that I I don't believe it. And uh, which which again, let's go back. And your books are one of the most unique. I don't know for any other authors that do that. The uh, the writer's notes. Are there other authors to do that? I'm trying to think of other books that I've read.
1: Not not in not in my genre to the extent I do it. There are other writers that have little short writer's notes and put a few. Information Information back there, but mine is very detailed. I go through the entire novel, pick out everything in there, and make sure that I make clear what's true and what's not. I don't want you to... You know, a lot of people are reading my books and getting their history from it, which mm-hmm. is not necessarily the best thing in the world, because I'm not a historian. I'm a novelist, and I'm, I'm there to entertain you, but I do try to keep it as accurate as I can. I keep it you know, in the 90-95% range.
0: And but that's I'm, remarkable. Yeah. I mean, and the other thing, Steve, I'm, I will I will give you kudos again, that it makes me go do research, and I picked up some of the reference books that you mentioned in your, your writer's notes to do some follow-up reading. And it's, yeah, that's
1: what, that's exactly why I do it. Particularly like in the Columbus Affair, Sales of Hope by what Simon Wiesenthal is mentioned in the writer's note, as is another fascinating book called the uh, Jewish Pirates of the Caribbean, which is a really interesting book that was written a few years ago, both of which are well worth the read.
0: What what other writers do you like to read? That's a good question to ask you. Well,
1: I read uh, a lot of thrillers. You know, I read Custler and Jim Rollins and Lee Child and David Baldacci and... Um, yeah, you, know, you name it, I read thrillers. I'm a thriller junkie, so I, I, I do I do read those. David Morrell's my favorite thriller writer of all. I love Sharon Kate Penman for historic uh historical fiction. And of course Ken Follett is wonderful too. So I I love you know those things. Unfortunately, I don't get to read as many books for fun anymore as I used to. You know, I only get to read maybe six or eight books a year for fun but there's just no time between the uh, 400 books that I use for research for the novel Whoa. and I use about 400 per novel. Then I do about 25 books a year for blurbing, which is quotes that I give that people can use on their covers for their new books. Uh, a lot of writers did it for me so I feel like I need to do it for others.
0: And you are part of the International Thriller Writers Association. Yeah, I, was right?
1: one, I was one of the founding members of uh, International Thriller Writers and I served as president of the organization for three years.
0: And so y'all and my meet... wife
1: Elizabeth uh, yeah. uh, Elizabeth is now executive director of, oh.
0: of IW. Yeah, wow, she that's... actually
1: she actually runs the organization now as executive director.
0: Well that's a remarkable all you all you thrill writers meet annually and discuss and uh, present i bet that is pretty awesome
1: It's pretty cool it's called Thriller Fest it happens every July in New York City and it's open to everyone and People who want to know about it can go to ThrillerFest.com and find out all about it. It's kind of a summer camp for thriller writers and thriller enthusiasts.
0: Well, wow, that would be a remarkable, remarkable venue to, uh, to attend.
1: Yeah, I go every year. I'll be here. Uh, in fact, I'm here now. I'm in New York at the Grand Hyatt, and uh, I'll be back here in four weeks for ThrillerFest.
0: So but talking about your, your wonderful wife and you are both uh, formed a foundation called History Matters. Yes. So tell us, a little, tell us a little bit about that.
1: We, uh, we do uh, events all across the nation, and we help communities raise money for historic preservation. Um, we've done uh, quite a few. We've raised about $275,000 for various historic projects, helping communities do that. An example would be what we did in Houston. We did it about four weeks ago in Houston. They, um, they needed to raise some money to restore a flag that is the city of Houston's very first flag that's in some pretty poor condition. And I came in, and they sold tickets to a lovely lunch. And then I taught a writer's workshop afterwards for 80 students, where I taught the craft of writing for four hours. And when we were done, we raised $25,000 to restore that flag. Wow! And we've done several projects. We've done, as I said, quite a few like that across the country to raise money for historic preservation Uh, Any listeners can find out about those by going to steveberry.org and click on the History Matters section. You can find out, or my events page will tell you. We've got a really cool one coming up in October for anybody. We're doing one at the Smithsonian Institute in Washington, where I'll be teaching writing, and you're going to get a private tour of the Smithsonian as part of it, including the rare book vault.